Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to talk about a meaningful video game from their past. On the show, we talk as much about what made playing the game fun, interesting, and memorable for our guest as we will about what was interesting and also memorable about the context of how and when they really got into it for this meaningful time. Um, a little bit of housekeeping up top is there are many ways that you can support the show. And listener, I know that's all you really wanted to hear today, so I'll lead off with that. You can check us out on social media, both on Instagram at Call Me By Your Game Pod and on Twitter at Call Me By Your Game. But on Twitter, there's just one Y in that username, so it's B Y O U R. Uh, there, you can find out what episodes we are releasing every week, uh, learn a little bit about our guests and how you can support them, and also see the great art that I make for each and every episode. Uh, you can also support us by giving us a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast Store, um, which you can do it anywhere, but that's the only place that I see it. So if you do, uh, and it's a nice review and uh, not mean or anything, I'll read it. And again, I tempt fate every time I say this, haven't had a mean review yet. All five-star great ones. Uh, you can also support the show um, by sharing the show with a friend, whether they love uh, video games in general, or uh, if they happen to have played the very special and interesting game we're talking about today. And lastly, you can support us by checking us out on Patreon. We're over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. Uh, and if you've listened to the show before and you like me and like to hear uh, my discussions with people on video games, you're going to like, uh, like a lot of what you find there. Uh, just totally slipped into an accent. Uh, again, patreon.com slash super NPC radio. There's even a, a group uh, panel version of this show, the Call Me By Your Game co-op episode, where I talk to a group about a meaningful game. We just recently covered Portal 2 on the show, and I know I've teased this already, but the next one for August, or for July rather, is TBD, but I've got a couple great options. So uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled and you can check us out there. That's it for the housekeeping. Finally, I've done all the fun stuff. My friend can finally come over. Uh, the chores are done. Uh, I'll go ahead and introduce our fantastic guest for the day, former podcaster herself, one of the funniest people I know. And gosh dang it, is she not being a professional right now? Hannah Canningator, welcome to the pod. Connor, are you done? Are you done with your chores? I'm done with my chores, and you know what? I may have like I may have uh, like only half did a couple of them, but I'm ready to hang. So I'm glad you're here. It's okay. Even if I notice, I won't say anything. (laughs) That would actually go a long way for me. Thank you. I don't want to hear it at all. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, For whatever, I've never phrased getting into it like I've done all my chores and my friend can come over. But I'm so glad you just ran with it and we just started role playing a little bit. That was great. Yeah, finally we can we can play a game. Uh, I hate chores. Yeah, you know what? Chores, <laughs> chores, they can suck it. That's what I'll say. They can, uh, they can suck it. This is they my make turn. Your life so much better, but they are so hard, and I hate them. Yeah, no, no fun here. Um, Hannah, I'm so glad to have you on the show. Uh, I'm glad you, to be here. This is uh, I've. Uh, this is uh, a bit of a long time coming in the sense that I've had you on a list for a long time, knowing that you like video games Gosh. and that I eventually would reach out. I just never told you about it until like, I don't know, two weeks ago when I texted you. Yes. 
Uh, so here we are. I'm flattered. I was so excited to be asked. I promptly did not respond very well to Perfect. so many text messages that Connor <laughs> sent me. But I thought things in my brain and never sent them via text. Hey, and, <laughs> and you know then, what? Sometimes you you just need that time to let it let it the thoughts ruminate and figure out yeah. something. I so often will be like, I'll read a text from somebody and then respond to them in my mind and yes. be like, yeah, I responded to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, and then much later realize, oh, no, you didn't. That is uh, <laughs> never... truly feels like most of the conversations I ever have using my phone uh, and texting. <laughs> um, but I am so happy to have you here. Um, I know you like I know the majority of the guests on the show. The listeners are well aware of the Los Angeles improv comedy community. Um but I think specifically, I'm I'm positive that I met you through uh, my old roommate, our pal, the tall uh, ginger man himself, Stephen Loomis. Oh, that is right. That because is right. Because you were interns together at Sunset, like right after it opened, right? Yes, we were. We were improv buddies, intern buddies, and then you and I became buddies. Uh, yeah, Stephen and I used to vacuum that place up, you know, every <laughs> Wednesday or whatever. And did you... In- did you were you already friends with maybe you were already friends with Katie, but I always associated the three of you together. Um did we you, were, you intern at the same time with Katie as well? Um <laughs> I met Katie also, I think, through interning. Um cool. yeah, that is the three of us were on the same uh interning night and that's how we became pals. I don't even think we ever took a class together. Uh, wow. We just we just learned each other's names working in that box office and decided to hang out. And, you know, I don't even remember the specific moment where I got ushered into that world. I just remember I lived with Loomis at the time and I would hear about you all from him and how much fun you two were. But then eventually it like I don't know if it was some clubhouse show or some random birds evening or even one of the like early – UCB sunset parties that somehow we would all find our way into. Um, But I remember just uh, really uh, enjoying you and thinking you were so funny and so fun to be around. And then we formed our own friendship. We didn't even need that guy Loomis anymore. Yeah, we didn't need Loomis at all anymore. Uh, Love that guy, though. Sorry, Loomis. Love you, but you'll never listen to this. So it's uh, it's falling on on ears that we'll never hear. (laughs) Um. Yeah, we those those times were good times. They really were. I also used to live like only a block away from UCB Sunset at that time, which was great. It started my uh, it didn't start it. It just helped my habit of like if I needed to be at work, I, I would be like leave two minutes before I yes. had to be there. Yeah, and just, I, I tried to make all my jobs be that close again forever. <laughs> yes, I live. Five with if there was no traffic, I would be three minutes from my job. But because there's like four or five stoplights, it maybe four. It it's like a maybe an eight minute drive. So I play with the same fire, but I end up getting there consistently two minutes early every time. So I'm not really, (laughs) I'm actually really consistent about it. I don't. There you go. Yeah. Um. Well, but that that's how we met. We got to form our own friendship. I'm uh, just sort of going through our friendship Rolodex history. There's only a couple points I really want to hit, um, are which are I remember. Um, there's there's a lot of meaningful times with you, um, but uh, <laughs> playing both, uh, getting on mess hall at the same time. 
back oh, in yeah, March of 2017. A, yeah, was a big moment. That was huge. That was so special. I remember we actually went with Loomis to Birds and then to Herald Night afterwards. Yeah. I remember we sat up in the cage, um, I think just the three of us, and he got us each a drink as a congratulations. And then yeah. um, <coughs> I had a cough. And then we were on a like an improv team together for a while, uh, Heifer, uh, which I think – I forgot about Hypher almost. How could I forget about that? You know what? It happens to the best of us. But Hannah, I actually realize now I'm completing my like uh, Infinity Stones gauntlet of Hypher members with you today. You are my final one, the sixth of the other six to be on. Um, I'm throwing up rock hands, which is something I do regularly now. In case as you some should. people haven't seen me since COVID, this I do it uh, every day, many times a day. You know <laughs> that is a fun one update, <laughs> a fun new thing for me to see uh, uh, <laughs> on this audio medium. Um, I, I just remember having a blast in New York with you. I think two years in a row for DCM. Uh, we've ha- we've hung out so much. Like your boyfriend uh, Charles Chuck Mockler has been on the show before for the Pokemon Snap episode. Uh, we run deep. It's been a it's been we run a, deep. a long friendship out here. Um, that's enough of me sharing about just like how I know you. But um, outside of being my friend and a you know really like fantastic electric improviser, uh, do you want to share anything about yourself with the guest? Who the heck are you? Oh, let's see, man. Um, my name's Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> Good well, start. Thing I can think is, my name is Hannah. Um, I'm from Wyoming. That's a good tidbit. I feel like to throw in there. A lot of times, I'm people's first uh, person to know from Wyoming. Which Certainly, is... were mine. And then when I would forget you were from there, I would say Hannah's the only person I know from Montana, and you're not from Montana. <laughs> you're from Wyoming. I'm from Wyoming, but I did live in Montana. Uh, so you're not super wrong. But I am from Wyoming. Um, I. Right now, I like to do comedy and performing, and I also like working in set direct, set direction, set decorating, which is what I've been doing lately, yeah. um, which has been really fun. And oh, I love doing art and stuff. Um, so I do a lot of freelance artwork for. Uh, real, really anybody. So if you, I guess I don't have a show to plug, but if you want me to draw something for you, freaking hit me up. My website isn't great right now, but I, I, <laughs> I'm going to update But that's a place. <laughs> um, but if you go to pencilandwigs.com or hihannahkay.com, uh, they'll lead you to the same spot. And Killer. yeah, I do artwork freelance artwork for um, productions and stuff a lot, which is, that's been real fun. That's awesome. I don't think I, I mean, I knew you did a lot of your own artwork and and for people. I didn't realize you were doing that for productions too. Yeah, I get hired uh, by the, well, it's the same as acting. It's like if people know you and like you and know what you can do, then I'll, uh, same with like anything in the biz, in the biz. (laughs) Oh, finally, we got our first biz drop. (laughs) Um, so, uh, my friends who work in art departments and know that I can make stuff will, will hit me up for, for, you know, whatever. And I'll, uh, turn our apartment into a crazy upside down world for a while, which Charles loves. Uh- <laughs> and you say that not sarcastically, right? <laughs> not at all. He <laughs> loves having glue and fabric all over the place and me. And so do the I- cats. 
Yeah. Yep. The cats love it. He loves it. We our five hundred square foot apartment loves it. Um, Same place, right? You haven't. I know you were looking, but you haven't moved. Yeah, we're still over on. Uh, <laughs> what if I just said my address? I was gonna that say the pa- that's Hannah on the thing. the ten dollar DJ Toad <laughs> tier on our Patreon. You can. I'll give you Hannah's full address. <laughs> Uh, just kidding. That's not something I'm going to offer. Or if you just meet Hannah and talk to her on the street, she'll probably tell you <laughs> That's her entire true. address, <laughs> where to find her, phone number. Um, yeah, I'm still over in Silver Lake, like off of the, you know, around that area where the good old happy foot, sad foot sign used to be. Yeah. Uh, RIP. Never forget. R.I.P. There's a guy it's who still comes. around though. The, the sign is, or no, the, the place moved, right? The place moved, but okay. the sign the sign didn't go with the place, but people were, I mean... Did they Los take Angeles- it down from under that, like, drape that it was covered by? Um, It's at, like, was it covered by a drape on it, the thing? Yeah, it, like, got cut. Co- they covered it once it closed, I think. And it always felt... Have you seen Indiana Jones, the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark? Here's... Uh, no is a perfectly acceptable answer. <laughs> Here's the thing, Connor, is I haven't. I mean, I have, I'm pretty sure, but th- th- this is an embarrassing moment. That movie, and uh, I'll just get them all out of the way while we're talking about The Godfather, Shawshank Redemption, big movies. Uh, there's I haven't seen them, and, I, okay. and I won't be able to. <laughs> so don't say Godfather quotes like you usually I won't. Would. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I was going to give you a quote you couldn't refuse. Uh <laughs> No, I can't. Um, the only reference I was going to make is, is there is a point in that movie where uh, they find the Ark of the Covenant, this like holy item, uh, and the, the Nazis somehow get it and they put it in this box with these Nazi insignias. And then it like is so holy that it burns the through – like burns the like the Nazi symbol, the swastika off. And so uh, – it becomes like uh, you can't really see it, but I. So when I would see that foot sign under this like t- drape that was put over it, or that's probably not even the right word. <laughs> it you could always actually see the outline of it because it had been on so long. So I felt like it was the same thing. Um, that's my own personal head. I mean, that of makes LA. sense. That makes yeah. perfect sense to me. Um, if so, if you use drapes, you're a Nazi, is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> uh, that's so cool, Hannah. Anything, the stuff that you, you, you know, your website and whatnot. I'll put a link in the show notes so the listeners can just uh, click and find it. And anything else, you end up plugging. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you feel like you got yeah, to share about who you are sufficiently? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I. Uh, you also used I to have your own podcast that I guested on probably like five or six years ago at this point. Yes. Um, and it was called Hello and Good News. Loved and, that show. Um, it was a great idea. I just ended up, I was like, it's too much work. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Props to you for podcast stuff. Because I was... Uh, Biting off more than I could chew for a long period of time anyway. But it was really fun when I did it. And then John Krasinski ended up starting a podcast that was essentially exactly the same thing. Um, which I'm not going to be like, I'm the only one who had that idea. But but John, uh, you didn't think to Google good news podcast? Yeah. Yeah, John. Because you know what? I did. And that's why I decided to make it. Because I was 
the reason wow. I w- made the podcast is because I was like, man, all I hear is sad news. Wow, this is this sentence sounds not intelligent. <laughs> it's so crazy when you're listening to the news, all you hear is sad stuff. Like, why don't they talk about happy stuff? I know it's out there. Huh, so. Is that a is that a is that a plane <laughs> crashing next to my apartment currently? Um, the state of the world. Yeah. But yeah. that was such a wonderful show. I, if you don't mind, I'd like to put a link to that podcast too, because it really was a really, uh, just such a fun show. Um, oh yeah. Throw it back. I mean, okay. all those stories are still good news. There, the it's thing, true. You know, so. <sighs> well, killer. People are out there doing cool stuff. They are. Um, Hannah, thanks for sharing about you. Um, I'm excited for the listener to get to just know you through, you know, uh, more of like a video game lens as we go through this episode. Um, We're going to talk about your general history with uh, gaming. But before we do, would you mind giving us a little preview, a little taste? Just tell us the title of the game we are discussing for the main event later. Okay, folks, are you ready? Because you're about to hear about Titanic adventure out of time that's it right and see that's it i'm like check you nailed it it, when you say it out loud it like kind of grammatically sounds bizarre it Um, it is an interesting i'm used to like seeing it yeah it's an interesting (laughs) the the word those last four words together after the colon are a little interesting um i don't know what it is it feels off um but but i always knew it in my head as titanic game uh (laughs) yes but it's called titanic adventure out of time and man it's the best. I can't wait. Do you wait. want me to go into anything about it or just say the title? I already the, forgot. The, you I've you nailed it. what you told me to do earlier. Okay. You, you crushed it so far. <laughs> All we needed was the title and you had it. Um, Great. So before, but again, I'm, I'm really pumped to talk about this because again, this was, uh, this was, we had planned all week to talk about a different game and <laughs> Hannah, I think an hour, maybe 45 minutes before the show was like, I forgot about the game we should talk about. And I'm so glad you did because, like I said before the show, because we could have talked about the game. Well, that'll probably come up as we talk about your history. But yeah. this is so much more interesting and actually historically significant to, like, the games and all. And it, there's so much to talk about. But It's way better. Um, that it's being said. It's a very Hannah move, too, to 45 minutes yes, before we start. Hey. Be like, actually, you know what? I want to do something totally different. And you know what? I'm re- I genuinely am glad you did. I had enough time to prep. It was perfect. So thank you. Great. Um, great, great. Never change, Hannah, please. Thanks. Uh, uh, let's get into your history with games, though. Do you remember a time in your life, like if you're thinking back, when you first took an interest in video games or maybe one that caught your attention at the, the earliest point? Yeah, so when you first asked me about this, well, as a sidebar, when Connor first asked me to do this podcast, (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about this. Fully fully knowing that he does a podcast about video games, I just in my head was like, any games. And I told him a bunch of childhood games that I used to play. Come back. I like I don't know what I was doing. I maybe was recording a different show, but I wasn't at my phone and I look and I've like got like nine or ten texts from Hannah. And Long. it's and it's her, <laughs> Hannah detailing to me different like playground and neighborhood games she played growing up. <laughs> um Hannah, you wanna highlight any of these? Because we, we should name a couple because it okay. was truly hilarious. And my <laughs> by the way, my my girlfriend now knows you as your friend who uh, like suggested not video games. <laughs> Which is so good. 
Yeah, it was like I uh, long text explained this game Ditchum to Connor, which is uh, essentially like capture the flag, but more complicated a little bit. It's a mm-hmm. bigger range. Uh, we would play it over like two neighborhood blocks. Um, this is like very rural neighborhood games, but you there one team goes and hides anywhere. Like everybody's yeah. yard was fair game, even if we didn't know them. And then the other team <laughs> goes and would search. And if they see you, uh, they try to tag you. And if they tag you, you go to their home, you go to the base or the jail. And the only way to get out of it is to have another team member tag you out. Oh, so interesting. Like playing with fire a little bit because there's usually a guard. Yeah. Um, it's like a big scale capture the flag sort of. Yeah. With people and you're trying to get your team members released. And then in high school, we played like kind of a more giant version of it all the way across town where one team, you would start, we had two city parks on opposite sides of the town. Hmm. And you would start What's at the town one, called, by the way? Lander. Lander's the name of the town. Very cool. Um, it's not Southern, so I don't know why I just started to do that. I was going <laughs> to say, I was like, that, that's interesting that that, uh, that accent made its way up there, but okay. It's the one part of Wyoming where everyone's Southern. Um, <laughs> it works. So <laughs> you would start at one city park, uh, a team would get a running start and they would run and hide. And then the chasing team would chase, try and find them. And they had cars. So one team was in cars and one team <laughs> oh, was on Oh, hell foot. yeah. And it was really fun. And you would like, if they saw you, they'd jump out of the car and chase you. But um, you had like a little bit of the advantage and you were trying to get every team member back to the other park, which fun. is like three or four miles away. So it was a really long, huge Yeah. <laughs> Dang, you're really getting some, no wonder you're a runner. You get some cardio in during, you got so much cardio in back then. I know. I don't think I'll ever be in as good shape as I was when I played Ditchum when I was 12. Cause I Which could, is like, funny because you've ran a marathon twice. <laughs> oh, five. Well, five? run four times, walked, <laughs> fully walked uh, one time. <laughs> hey, it still counts. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was like, I could hop so many fences, man. What Hell yeah. <laughs> anyway, you threw out a anyway. ton of like non again i'm my main mission on this podcast is to only talk about non-video games (laughs) honestly i've had people with similar goals before and i i I love it and i always love when i succeed uh so this (laughs) this is gonna be good um gosh that that really was such a fun start to this whole journey for the show i can't believe thank you for bringing it up i almost forgot about it yes Um, but uh yeah reaching back to the the video game specifics i guess do you remember yeah, what, when did that all start for you? Um, so I was thinking when I was first texting you, um, like the main games that really stood out to me were when I got my GameCube. But that Hell was yeah. uh, probably sixth grade, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. And um, so that was like the first period I thought of because I was thinking video games. But then I remembered that earlier on when I for, when my family got an iMac um, back in the time where you would just have one family computer that could yes. connect to the internet. <laughs> um, that is where I was always playing games on that. And like Myst and MDK, uh, Nanosaur, those were all like big first games. I've never played MDK, but I... When I first got a, my, I got my own personal computer when I was, uh, I think, thirteen. It was a huge deal. Uh, yeah. 
MDK2 like came with it. So I've played some of MDK2, but never MDK. So when you mentioned that, I was like, wow, that's, I did not expect to hear that. Yeah, it was same thing. I think it came with the first one came with our iMac, same as Nanosaur did. Um, It was really funny. I think it was actually impacted my dad's life more than me. Like he loved MDK. Oh, wow. um, Which is very funny to think about. I don't know why it's funny to me, but he's like a really outdoorsy guy. Like he's like an outdoor uh, leadership guy and would teach like 30-day camping courses and stuff, but he loved MDK. So he would spend hours on the computer in the corner, same family computer playing MDK and update. He was always further ahead than I was. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for his episode in November or so. Yeah. Um, So that was my, and that was all probably around, I'm going to say fourth grade, I Mm -hmm. feel like is when iMac time happened we had prior to that like an old i used to play games on a the old like chunky uh what it's not Nintendo? even two bit it was like i never had any sort of gaming console until gamecube but computer games like almost like stick figure style of games yeah that you would put in a hard a floppy disk which yeah. always confused me because they were not floppy yeah um, you would put that in <laughs> and there was like this stick figure game where you would try and get these guys to jump in a wagon, and I would play that for hours. Not uh, necess- not like the Oregon Trail, but like... No. No. But, oh, wow. What a great game that it yes. every- impacted everyone's life. <laughs> yeah. Whether you know it or not. Yeah. Uh, that's... Okay, cool. Um, I love also anytime I get a GameCube kid on the show, it's just... It's a, such a victory because I love that weird console. Um, yes. Do you remember like how... Was this something you wanted? How did it show up? So I grew up in all my neighborhood friends and I were really, really close. It was like we all lived across the street from Mm. each other. Um, And every day after school, we would play for hours. We would either play Ditchum or we would go to Dane's house because Dane had an N64. Hell yeah, Dane. (laughs) Dane Dane had all the video games. And in the summer, if it was too hot to play Ditchum, we would... He also had a waterbed. Um, Oh, Barry the lead here. Yeah. And uh, I was the only girl in a neighborhood full of boys and hmm. they would crush me at some of these games like they would gang up on me rude uh mario kart specifically and i was so excited to get a gamecube so that i could practice like oh, in nice. my room and try and not be as shitty because nick my and his little brother they also had an n64 at one point um everybody else had video games consoles except mm-hmm. for me and so Dane got a GameCube because he had all he had all the consoles. He had like all of them. He was of course he guy. did. I mean, this guy has a waterbed. He had it all. Yeah. <laughs> and so I thought the GameCube was the coolest because it looked super cool. Mm-hmm. And we would play James Bond on it all the time. Oh, was it? Uh, there's a couple James Bond games, both of which we've talked about on this show. Actually, there's a 007 Nightfire. Yes, that was my favorite one. That one. Okay. Rob, shout out to Rob Skirbo, uh, who came on last year to talk about that. Very cool. Great game. And that is one that I would like get, I could get good at and uh, play and actually like 
hold my own against yeah. them. Mario Kart, though, man, I would get so frustrated. It would, like, almost make me cry, but I would never let them know that. Yes. Mario Kart and Super Smash Bros., they would just all gang up on me and destroy me. That's brutal. But it's funny because now Charles and I have been playing Mario Kart, and I'm, like, very good at it. Yeah. And I think it's just because <laughs> I would. I would practice at my house. But not having, like, five guys gang up on me, I'm like, oh, I actually can... I'm pretty decent. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, all that hard work paying off uh, paying, 20 years paying later. Off. Paying off. Um, so, yeah, I wanted a GameCube. I got like uh, like $50 or something from my opa, my grandpa, hmm. uh, one year, I think for Christmas. And um, I went to Walmart. It was like, what? How much were they at the time? Like a hundred and something. They could. They remember. dropped in price because it didn't sell very well, and Nintendo wanted them to sell. So it started at two hundred, and then it continued to drop, maybe all the way down to one hundred. Uh, yeah. Retail price, at least. I think I got mine for like between one hundred and one fifty. Yeah. Uh, wow. And it was a. I'm pretty sure it was a black one. Oh, the the jet black. I had the. Yeah. I still have my my Indigo GameCube. Just pl- it's right over there. I've been playing it a lot, actually. That's They're my great. cool brag for the episode. <laughs> we uh, Charles is always like, we could get one. We could get one. He's a big game guy. Uh, and Any, Charles will like randomly will randomly text or I mean I haven't seen him in a while because I'm not playing baseball this year. But uh, I'll. We'll just get in a conversation, and I forget how much of a gamer he is. Or he, I got in, really into the Metal Gear Solid series this year because mm-hmm. plug for the Patreon. Um, <laughs> we do a games club uh, throughout the year. The first half of this year was the Metal Gear Solid series, and Chuck and I were texting about that. He's like, "Dude, just wait till you play four, man. It's all gonna come together." And it did. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That, sorry, that yeah, was. Yeah, he's a big game guy. I just he's had to add my own uh, stuff into that and. You know, tell, oh, take yeah, over your yeah. story. No, no, uh, not at all. Yeah, so I got the black GameCube, and uh, the first game that I got might have been the James Bond. Ooh, or, oh, nice. no, you know what it was? It was Spyro. Oh, It was like cool. I bought a game, the GameCube and a game to go with it, and I got Spyro. I cannot remember which one. I think um, Elijah Wood may have voiced Spyro. He voiced Spyro briefly and maybe was the GameCube one. Oh, really? Yeah, it's possible. That's fun. And <laughs> Spyro, I would stay up like really late playing Spyro by myself. That is also like a like in my head like a time of independence for myself cuz I would oh. stay cuz I'm an only child, so yeah. um I would spend a lot of time alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just remember st- like staying up so late uh playing gamecube games that's awesome that's the literal dream right there (laughs) do you so you played spyro some mario kart some smash was there any other like super meaningful game on the gamecube for you oh yeah ssx tricky (laughs) oh yeah you brought that up (laughs) so good at ssx tricky to the point where i like uh, I could play with the guys in my neighborhood because they played a lot too, but I remember my freshman year of high school, uh, I had a boyfriend. Ooh, he was a senior. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he came over and I was like, let's play let's play GameCube. Let's play games. And I was playing SSX Tricky. And he, like, 
got so frustrated because <gasps> I was kicking his ass. Oh, man. <laughs> but in that way where, like, you don't know how to play a game and somebody else is just destroying yes. you. Oh, yeah. I was definitely taking out my, like, It was like, role reversal for you. <laughs> yes, That's so funny. <laughs> Here I was ready to pounce on this guy being like, oh, man, come on. Like, that's toxic masculinity. But it's like, oh, you were doing the same thing to him, with this, which is yes. kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it was. And I was like, uh, so even though I never beat anybody at Mario Kart, I would destroy at SSX Tricky. Hell yeah. Great game. Holds Elise. up. Elise. <laughs> the game is Elise. so funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I, I also recently <laughs> played that one, like a lot of that one this year. It's it really holds up uh it does that's another one i would stay up way too late mm-hmm. playing and it's so it's just so trippy <laughs> it's it's like it's really tri- 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 trippy tri- tri- here we trippy. go <laughs> that doesn't work at all uh <laughs> ssx trippy that's all i needed to say that would have worked yes um okay you know i want to i'm curious to hear um after was that like your main era of gaming around then or were there any like other moments leading up to sort of your time today that you'd like to highlight? Because I've seen games around your place and there a lot of them are Chucks, but like, I'm curious. Oh yeah, I still play games. I play Stardew Valley yes. all the time. Um, that's probably like my main one. Mm. And I played it so much during the pandemic. Uh, my best friend Casey and I were playing it at the same time for the first time during the pandemic. Yeah. And we would get together and do walks every day um, back when it was like we were the only people we were seeing. Yes. <laughs> and we would get together and be like, what's up with your chickens? Like we would <laughs> talk about what we had found out yeah. um, in the game, which was like a very, very fun time. Mm. And uh, also Apex is one that oh, yeah. I haven't I played in a long Apex. time. Yeah, but so fun. You I... have to know Iffy, right? I do. Do you yeah. know Iffy writes for Apex? He does? Yes. Awesome. Uh, yeah, former guest of the show earlier this year. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think guy. he's really liking doing that. So that I didn't know you played. That's cool. Um, yeah, I would play with Ryan Barton and uh, Colin McGurk. Oh, the three of us sweet would boys. play all the time, really late at night. The very first time I played with them, we would just FaceTime and play Apex. And the <laughs> first time I played with them, I was so uh drunk we got home really late and they were like play this game with us and i was like sure and uh we had been drinking at birds i got home they started playing this game and i just have such a vivid memory of being dropped into this world that Mm -hmm. is kind of the first um like really visual game i had played in a very long time yeah and it's just that whole world is so wild and them like explaining to me what was going on and you like fly in and I was just wandering around being like, what? Like trying yeah. to shoot. And I have such a vivid memory of like failing horribly because I didn't know <laughs> what I was doing. <laughs> You know what? Um, Even sober, it would have been okay for you to fail at it first time. Yeah. Uh, being so just like this world is crazy. And so we would play uh, all the time together for a little while. And I'm not very good at it. Um, I, I'm i very average, I would say. Mm-hmm. I'm the person who rolls up with the shotgun and, like, runs into the, <laughs> the people trying to kill yes. you and just shoots. Just, um, can I get a kill as I die? Like Yes, I am that person. Um but sometimes every now and then I'd get a pretty good kill. And sometimes I would even play with strangers. Uh, I would log on by myself and do the yeah. the stranger group. Again, there. getting that practice in. 
Old habits yeah. die hard. Yep. Uh, so I did go through a period of, with Apex where I was playing it, um, especially when I was waitressing and had like time during the day. I was mm-hmm. playing many, many hours of Apex for a while. Wow. That's um, cool. Overcooked is another one that Charles and I play nice. all the time. Gotta test the relationship, of course. Yes, it's really fun. (laughs) Especially because we've both worked in restaurants so much that uh, we'll just talk. We'll be like, behind, behind, (laughs) corner. (laughs) Chef, I... (laughs) This is just really hitting home for all the people watching the bear right now. (laughs) Yeah. Gosh, that's so funny. Um, And then Fall Guys, I played for a bit too. We actually pulled it up the other night and played. It was pretty fun. Oh, I love that. Well, can I take a moment to brag really quick? Uh, I was in a Fall Guys commercial this year. You were? I play a a construction worker that gets turned into a fall guy. (laughs) So I've, I, and I've played that game a ton. So it was actually really cool. That's awesome. On set, uh, people were like, so what's this for? And I was like, oh, no, I think it's like their, uh, I think it's going to be for their Switch release in like the summer or whatever, or like a new wave of of content. And they're like, no, like, what's the game? (laughs) I was like, oh, (laughs) you don't know it. Okay. Uh, But that's so (laughs) cool to hear. Oh, you don't play the game. The game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I was um, uh, I normally ask people like some recent stuff they've been playing, but you even answered that for me. Uh, oh yeah. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for sharing about your just general history with video games. Yeah. Um, we're gonna take a quick break, uh, but when we come back, we'll talk about all things Titanic adventure out of time. So I guess I will see you on the other side. Okay. Bye. Bye. My name is Jeremy Schmidt, and I'd like to tell you about my podcast, Video Games, A Comedy Show. This is, you guessed it, a comedy show about video games. Every episode, a panel of video game-liking comedians discusses a brand new topic, the games they've been playing, and best of all, the news. Are there bits? Arguably way too many. If you like to laugh and or like to play video games, check out Video Games, A Comedy Show, anywhere podcasts can be found. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, of course, here with Hannah Canningator to discuss Titanic Adventure Out of Time. Uh, Hannah, welcome back. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Great to be back. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> well, as I told you before the show, before we actually get into your personal experience, I want to give the listeners a little context of what this game is. And this is one where I think truly even after we share it, maybe take some time to go watch some videos on it because... It's there's a lot to comprehend here. It's great. Um, oh yeah, Hannah, you got to. Of course, like I said before, I'm gonna just start talking, like reading from these paragraphs. But feel free to interrupt if you'd like to at any okay. time. Um, but here I go. Titanic <laughs> Adventure Out of Time is a 1996 point and click adventure game developed by Cyberflix and published in the United States in the United Kingdom by GTE Entertainment and Europress, respectively, for Microsoft Windows and Macintosh. It takes place in a virtual representation of the RMS Titanic. Yes, the giant ship that we all know the the James Cameron movie about with Jack and Rose, the same Titanic. Again, this came out a year before, um, so just keep that in mind. The player assumes the role of a former British spy who during the London Blitz is sent 
back in time to the Titanic and must complete a previously failed mission to prevent World War I, the Russian Revolution, and World War II. Um, the Rush, the London Blitz being like, I think, uh, like ex- bombings and explosives that I think your apartment gets blown up and you get sent back. That's how this all works. Um, the gameplay involves exploring the ship solving puzzles. Uh, There are multiple outcomes and endings to the game depending on the player's interaction with characters and use of items. Uh, The game was created with Cyberflex's proprietary engine Dream Factory, which was also used to create Dust, a tale of the Wired West. It's a very similarly formatted game. Uh, extensive research was done by the dev team to ensure historical accuracy and to precisely recreate the ship's interior and exterior 3D environments. As with Dust, Titanic's character animation was done by overlaying multiple still photos of actors to create smooth facial movements. With sales above 1.5 million units, Titanic was a commercial success. It received generally positive reviews from gaming critics, who praised the game's story, atmosphere, and recreation of the ship, but criticized the character animation and some of the puzzles. Um, that's all I have written down here, Hannah. Before we get into like you know like your personal uh, you know memories of the game and the, what we what the main event, um, is there anything about the game that you want to get into a little more as far as just like what it was and how it worked? Because uh, like they at the end there, I was talking about the animation and what it is. Um, yeah. Do you want to maybe describe what that looks like when you're talking to it, like an NPC in this game? Yes. So actually, I do feel like if you haven't played this game, you should look up videos because <clears throat> I think it holds up better than uh, than an animation would. Yes. Because they basically they got these actors and it's kind of like stop motion with just photos. Yeah. But because of that, it's it's you're not really in uncanny valley at all and uh you it's also not super dated when you're looking at it like the graphics behind them are dated but i remember at the time i thought the anim like i was like whoa this is so cool yeah because uh it's like a little bit spooky and realistic and they're like i mean it's like clue characters brought to life a little bit like they're all like these insane uh, dressed up like different, they all have different accents and they all have different things going on uh, in storylines. And um, yeah, but I think the animation holds up well, especially for a PC game at that time. Yes. 1996, it's crazy. That was, uh, like when you even just sent me the um, the the first link to the game, I didn't click it initially because I knew I was going to go to my computer to look it up. But I was like, oh, this is probably from like 2003 or something. It just – even the image, yeah. which again could have been like a brand new image that they made for it years later. I was like, oh, this really seems like it's newer. So yeah, very impressive. That this is all from 96. Um, yeah. But it's, it's kind of like – Even in my head, I had to look up when it was released because in my head I was like, I know it had to have been the 90s. Um, because, uh, I was obsessed with Titanic. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> but, uh, I thought this, I was like, the way I remember it is like very clear animations. Yeah. And I was like, so I also think it looks like it looks better than, uh, than SSX Tricky, for example, or any of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It, like that weird nineties, early two thousands style. Yeah. I, 
you know, of course, you even sending this to me, I was, I fully assumed this was going to be like a movie tie-in game yeah. with the James Cameron movie. Uh, was surprised to learn not at all. Um, I did learn that this this game got some sales boost because Titanic came out the next year, so people were probably looking to consume any sort of Titanic. Uh, I guess media it was huge at the time. Um, yeah. So. Anyway, uh, yeah, it also functions sort of like Mist, where you're walking through, but it's a point and click where you're, it's a first person mm-hmm. perspective and you're going through the ship and doing all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, point and click, walking up, clicking on things. Uh, it's like very, it's very similar to Mist in that way. You're like yeah. left in rooms a lot with objects. And trying to figure out, like, you're clicking on everything, being like, is this a thing or yeah. is it just a clock? Like, yes. Like, yeah. I would probably re-click many things just forgetting if I clicked it or not or wondering, did I click it right or was I off? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's sort of uh, – now that we've got, like, a pretty good, uh, from my mind, a lay of the land of what this game is, I'd love to get into – uh, your experience with it. Do you remember at all this game coming into your life? Was it something you sought out? I'd love to hear. So I was thinking about this and I know I am pr- pretty positive that I saw the movie. Ti- I'm one of those people who saw the movie Titanic. And your well, life was never to the be, same. I, yeah, I it had to have been after the movie Titanic came out that I discovered it because we had our iMac and that had to have been in like 99 or 98, 99, somewhere around there. Yeah. And so um, I wasn't like a, I wasn't one of the, the, the knew it before the movie people. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, well, we were children. <laughs> That's okay. But I saw the movie. I loved Titanic. I was obsessed with it. My mom was working at the library at the time. And I'm remembering this is how I would play the game is you could rent uh, computer games from the library and I would rent it for two weeks at a time. And so I never even I was like, did I own this game or what? Because I remembered having the discs and putting them. But uh, I would just rent it for two weeks at a time and see if I could get it done. And this is also, I think, why I never fully finished the mission successfully. I love that (laughs) detail. And I also especially... Just like, want, like it's. I want to shout out to everyone. You don't know what your libraries offered you. I could. Yeah. I learned. I did actually did learn how to color correct and do sound like basic sound design because of like a uh, free access to the Linda website you get by having an LA library card. So Hell yeah, and you got to play this kick ass game. Yeah, um, it was awesome. And when I had to return it, I would like just go back in and rent it again. Yes, of course. Um, you mean there wasn't a line out the door for this? Which is right. it is pretty cool, but maybe people just didn't know about it. I don't think people – I uh, – yeah, I never met really anybody else in Lander who was – I think I was the main person checking out this yeah, game. <laughs> that's great. But uh, also props to the library for having it at all. Truly. Um, yeah, good for them. That's, that's I bet something to do with like the historical significance was the reason that they had it would be my guess. I think so. Yeah. And I remember when I was first, like, I was thinking it was going to be, like, maybe a game, like, the movie. Uh, yeah, of and course. So, 
but then it's the just this in it, the stakes are much higher than the movie if that's even possible. Yeah. Do you <laughs> want to maybe tell it? I mean, we got into it a little bit. Um, you're a spy who's sent back in time, and you're trying to prevent a few historical events from happening. Um, yeah. What What do you want to share about the story or the stakes? Um, the main thing that I remember about it is like when the I also remember the music so vividly, mm. like uh. And just the the like sound effects vibe of it, but when you it's a very foreboding and eerie, yeah, like kind of haunting style of a game, um, a bit shining esque, I would say. Mm. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> like I watched a video today and someone compared it to the same thing. <laughs> it's like very, uh, yeah, haunting, eerie. Uh, like old waiters are talking to you and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Partly because I'm sure the like the animation models are cool, but like there are these like sort of 3D polygonal models before you engage with a character that just sort of stand still, stand still. <laughs> before you click them and then they approach you. It's it is a little unsettling. Yeah, <laughs> so much about it is really unsettling. But the way it opens, you're like in this apartment in London, like this crappy little apartment, and you've got uh, memories of Titanic all over the place, so it's clear that that's important to your character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you're, like, not sure what to do, so you're clicking around your room, like, trying to pick stuff up, and uh, these, like, voiceovers are playing when you are picking things up, and then you get hit by a bomb that, like, explodes through your window, and this and is at your house, like your home or apartment or whatever. Yes. Yeah. And this is in 19, 1940, London, 1942. And then there's this like graphic of like you get sent back in time and this voice is like, what if you could change history? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And you're like, what? And the Good goal question, not, voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, the goal, it, you find out that you were like this spy that got let go because you failed a mission and you're like clearly struggling since that time because you're, uh, the apartment you're living in is like, there's like this lady pounding on the door asking for rent and stuff. Of course. Um, and then you get sent back and yeah, the mission is not to stop Titanic from sinking. It's to find the Rubaiyat. <laughs> Which is so crazy. And as a kid, I was like, this is the other thing I had. I would get so frustrated and have such a hard time as a kid because, like, all of this historical content, like, context really uh, w went over my head, I would yes. say. Like, even a Rubaiyat. It, and it wasn't like Google was how it is now where I could be like, what's a Rubaiyat? Mm -hmm. I was just like, I think I asked my parents or something, like, what what is it? Why? Yeah. <laughs> It's like, uh, Hannah, or most kids ask their parents about sex. Please don't ask us about whatever this is. What Can you explain to me what a rubaiyat is? It's Okay, so I even had to look it up again because I was like, did I ever figure that out? <laughs> it's a, um, and I think all of its importance to me is from this game because I was like, I swear I learned about this in school, but I think I just learned about it in the game. But it's like a super famous Russian book of poetry. That's oh, like interesting. held very highly and is a rare book. Hmm. And one of them did sink in the Titanic. I did learn. Oh, today. wow. Interesting. Today, so I'm not going to pretend like I knew that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you got to find the Rubaiyat. There's like other items you got to find. 
And essentially, it's like all to stop uh, World War One and Two from happening. Like the yeah. stakes are very high. And if you don't find the items, there's these crazy. Uh, it's very like American uh, cinematic in a way where it's like the Russians are bad. <laughs> like there's these Incredible. crazy Russian characters and Soviet characters in it. Uh, there's this one. His name is. Uh, Vlad, and I didn't realize until oh, today. Could have guessed. Or, <laughs> yes, I couldn't remember until today that his last name is Demonic, or Demonic, or something. But it's spelled Demonic, and he was so scared. There was also this was the first time ever playing a game that I would feel uh, scared. Like there would be mm. times where I'd be so unsettled and couldn't figure out what was going on. Or because people get murdered and stuff in the game. Like some of the outcomes are that you just end up getting shot by like (laughs) the Russian and you die. Like if you don't do things right, you end up like in the wrong place at the wrong time. And the the bad guys are like, I'm shooting you now. (laughs) I have a question. Um, If you remember, is that something where if you got like, let's say one of those guys shot you and you died, do you reset from a save or is your game over? It's done. It's done. Oh my gosh, that's so brutal. (laughs) I know. So I had to look up like today what the positive outcomes were because I never had one of them (laughs) happen (laughs) and no Google at the time. So I never knew what it could possibly, like what would, what it would be. And I never found all of the items either. I think I found the Rubaiyat once and I felt like I was close to finishing. But today looking up stuff about it, I was like, there's so many more. Yeah. Things. Pretty and deep. I do remember, yeah. And I think maybe there's like this necklace you have to find. I think I did find that once. But then there's all these things of like the necklaces that you find is fake, and you actually have to find the real one. And there's all these puzzles. One of the times I remember, you have to like disengage a bomb, and I like couldn't figure it out. There's wow. like a thing where you're looking at some puzzle. It was like the first game too, where I just would walk around in a room being frustrated because it was like clear which we forgot to mention yes the first game that you were we considered talking about today oh yes <laughs> which may never get mentioned on a podcast for the rest of history so we've got to say it <laughs> yes lenny loose jocks there we lenny! go truly yeah. there's not even a wikipedia page for this guy but there is a full <laughs> website dedicated to him from the creator so there, at least there's that yes that game's hard, too. I realized talking to Connor today before I was like, wait, actually, there's a game I played way more than this. Yeah. But <laughs> Lenny Loosejocks and Lenny from Space. Um, so good. Puzzle puzzle games. And, yeah, it was so hard. And so I never, I never had the good outcome happen. Um, if you do it right, there's, like, multiple things. You You... Our first, uh, like one of the things you got to do is find a name full of notebooks because the names in that notebook, like the Russians are selling to or something involved selling it to Russia to like the big higher ups. If you get the. If you get the notebook, then like Stalin and all these people don't ever happen or (laughs) like something really crazy like that. And then. Uh, with the Rubaiyat and the necklace, if you get a hold of those, then Vlad, this scary guy who lives in the, he's a stowaway. So he just pops up in the coal room sometimes. <laughs> he's got like crazy <laughs> soot all over his face and he looks so mean. And you have to like fist fight him at one point. There's also a fencing 
I saw I'm some like, of these watching <laughs> a couple videos on this, and it's cr crazy looking. Like, because it's yes. fully modeled, like, 3D fists and hands and stuff, and, and the fencing, yeah. whatever you called that weapon. Um, <laughs> I, I can't comprehend how it's even working on screen. Yeah. And there's all these mysterious women, too, who are like, I need you to find my necklace, and I can't, like, I need your help. And there's all these side games. Um, I have a question but for if you. you. Yes. Oh, no, go go for it first. Oh, no, I was, uh, if you do get the necklace in the Rubaiyat, then Vlad, uh, you end up, like, stopping, I think you stop World War One or Two. Hmm. Because what I had to actually look up the he's a part of the black hand, which is like this Russian, which is a real mm. thing uh, oh. that ended up being a big part of I'm really bad at history, but uh, like a Soviet takeover thing mm. uh, that ended up being the kickoff to World War One. Wow. Interesting. Uh, so if you. They sell the necklace and the rubaiyat to get the money to like fund their propaganda, essentially. If you fail the mission, uh. but if you get it away from them, then they never <laughs> can sell anything, and it never happens. And World War One never happens. It's it's funny that <laughs> um, this the the like ship is so historically accurate in this game, yes. but like the events that are happening, who would have known that like all of like so much of the world's history could be altered by what was fictionally on the Titanic in this game? <laughs> yes, um, yes. I had a couple questions for you. Um, the first is when you're playing the game, are you on some sort of timer? Um, how does the how do the events progress? Is it just you happen happen to interact with characters or moments? I'm curious. Um, yeah, so it drops you in at 9:30 p.m. Okay, April 14th, or I guess it would be April 13th because it sank April 14th at like 2 a.m. Oh wow! So you're there for a day. Yeah, so you're there. Uh, well, no, you only have like a couple hours. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because 9.30 p.m., you have, like, because when did it hit? At, like, midnight, I think, or sure. something? 11. So you've got a couple hours to figure it out. And the first part of it goes pretty slow. And then once once you get to, like, a certain level of interaction, like, the countdown really starts. You but know you you can play it all in, like, people play it in three hours. Wow. Like, you play it straight through. You know what would have bought this character a lot more time to solve all these mysteries and get all these things? Is making sure it didn't hit the iceberg. <laughs> right. That is so funny. I didn't realize that was not a part of this. Oh, and no, it's not that a part is, of it at that all. That, honestly, is <laughs> so funny and charming in, like, a, a, like a goofy way. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty positive it's, like, the... It's not a part of it at all. Maybe there's a thing where you can try. I, no, because you only have it has to have some sort of countdown thing. Yeah, so I don't think there. The the Titanic sinking is inevitable. Interesting. It, it's also funny. Like, well, I guess he gets catapulted back in time by this bomb that gets hit. But it is too bad he couldn't get there. Like. Like a day earlier. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's three hours or so before. That's funny. Um, so I think actually, I mean. I want to download it and play it again, but it might be in real time, like the stopwatch. 
yeah. gameplay, I think as you're playing, it might be real time. It, it feels like a game that would benefit from a bunch of play from you playing it over and over and getting more familiar yeah. and knowing what's what's where and so that you can have like the optimal route to go through yeah. it and and save as many things as possible and prevent as many wars. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, another question that I have from you, this is sort of because you've given me so many um, and I, I, we don't have to stop talking about the details of the game, but I, I want to hear more about the context. Uh, just dive in a little bit of the context of your life. You already have given me some good stuff of like your mom worked at the library and that's how you you know, continue <laughs> to rent this game. A, an, an incredible nugget. Um I want to hear about where your uh, family computer was set up. Do you remember anything about the room or like – I'd love any picture details you could paint for me. Yes. So we – our family computer was in the corner of the living room. Cool. Which um, in the show Pen15 there is like – Yes. <laughs> the way they have their computer set up in that was so funny to me. Because it's like so um, public. <laughs> Yes, and it's so, like, I remember being on MSN Messenger, like, in my family living room in the same exact kind of way. Yes, that's so good. Um, but, yeah, say, so green, the first, whatever the first iMac color was, that, like, bluish teal, mm. um, that was in the corner of Oh, that's cool. Room. Yeah, and then on the other side of the living room was, like, the TV was on the other side, so... I would sit and play that game um, at night usually, which is sometimes why I would get freaked out because it's such an eerie game. Yeah. And the sound effects are so crazy. Like there's this one wind sound effect yeah. that is so specific to me. And I think it's just like a stock recording of wind because <sighs> I'll hear it in movies sometimes or I'll hear it like around and it'll throw me back to oh, Titanic wow. game and being like, freaked out trying to find trying to make sure that Vlad doesn't jump on me <laughs> yeah. like gotta find Georgia and uh so I yeah I remember like playing at night being like having it be kind of eerie and um I also was so just like at that time well at all times in my life I love the movie Titanic. I love the <laughs> Titanic so much. Yes. I love the movie Titanic. Uh, it makes me cry every single time. I used to, I saw the Titanic in theaters in fourth grade. So this had to be around that time, like some t mm -hmm. fourth, fifth grade, I'm guessing, is when I was playing this game. Um, and I got that when it came out on video, on the VHS. It was a two VHS, right? Oh, yes. Oh, my, yeah. My sister had it. I remember. Yep. I got it. And then at one point, we like, fly, we finally, I think when I was in junior high, sixth grade or junior high, like upgraded our TV. So I got the big old one. So like a giant oh, yeah. TV that I would keep in the room. And I would, through junior high and high school, like, put on Titanic every weekend. <laughs> like yes. I would just put, a, put on the first tape on one night and the second tape on the next night. Oh, um, that's awesome. And, yeah. So I, and I'm also, I am convinced that I died in third class <laughs> in another life because I used to have these dreams, like very specific dreams. You know, some people yes. will say maybe it's affected by how much you've seen the movie or how much you played this game. 
but I say, no, I'm pretty That's sure a vision this, of is, past life. this is a vision of a past life. That's incredible. Because I am in, in the dream, I'm like a third class passenger who goes back uh, for something and uh, I end up getting trapped in, the, in a room. Oh, no. Which, as I say that out loud, does sound like maybe a little bit like parts of the movie uh, where they keep going back into the <laughs> Hey, who's to say, really? <laughs> but I'm pretty sure, you know, nothing else about it in my dream visions is like the movie. So I'm pretty sure I died on the Titanic uh, as a third-class passenger, young. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my deep love for Titanic has led me to games like this and watching the movie Way I love many, it. Well, you too many times. <laughs> you'll get zero arguments from me on uh, the significance of that dream and what it means, and I'm just going to agree <laughs> with you completely because that's very fun. Uh, Hannah, um, I I feels like we've you know gotten to uh, talk about a a lot of your experience about this game, but before I sort of give you an opportunity to uh, tie a bow on what this game meant to you or what place it held is there are there any other details that you would be remissed from your experience whether it's game specific or life context that you'd like to share hmm. um i mean i do feel sad that i never fully completed it like got did a mission right yeah. <laughs> so that weighs on me in my adult oh, life <laughs> dang oh. um i'm so i'm gonna download again and See if I can get through it now that stuff like Wiki. Uh, oh, exists. you can. <laughs> I bet you can do that. Um, and don't be. Uh, some people feel like shame when they use walkthroughs or, or like mm -hmm. look stuff up. Or even now with like the Switch, you can. When playing old games, sometimes you can create like a save state at a point. So if you die, you can just go back to it. Do whatever you got to do to experience this game how you want. Yeah, to have a good time. Yes. I mean, Stardew, I can't imagine playing Stardew without looking up some of this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Right? Wow. Gosh. Uh, those Stardew purists out there, I salute you. I am really excited. This is a huge sidebar for his new game that's coming the out. Chocolatier. The Chocolatier. And that is one that we all are going to be like, we're, it's going to be like playing Stardew for the first time. We won't know. Yes. What I'm, to do. I don't even think it has a release date yet, and but it is exciting and it'll be exciting to see what that game even is at this point yes um well hannah um would you mind uh before we get into the fun post show segments that i have prepared for you uh would you do me a favor and just put a bow on what titanic adventure out of time like what place it held for you when it was most oh, meaningful yes. sorry i got you just no, no, said no. this and i was You're... like i am gonna oh no you that. answered my question perfectly <laughs> Um, let's see, a bow, I mean, I think, uh, it just had, I, it's probably one of the first games that was a game that I played alone that nobody else was playing. Oh, yeah. Um, different than, you know, when I was playing GameCube and stuff and I could go play with other people or even Mist I'll kick your boyfriend's and, ass at Tricky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mist and MDK and all that. Like my mom and my dad and I were all playing Mist separately, so we would all oh, talk to each other. <laughs> we cool. would all talk to each other about where we were, and this was kind of one of the first like very independent games that I yeah. played. 
staying way up late at night and like getting caught on stuff and not really being able to talk to anybody about it. Just uh, a real solo journey, which we all need to have, you know? Yes, we do. Um, and uh, also just, it's an earmark on my my love for all things Titanic. And uh, just that period of my life of being so in love with that movie, and which I still am, but not quite to the I to the degree I used to turn on the soundtrack and listen to it and just cry as like a fourth <laughs> grader. <laughs> I would just Yes. <laughs> um Always in and, touch with your emotions, Hannah. Yeah, yeah, gotta be. Um so yeah, I would say those are the two awesome. bows. Wow, I asked for a bow, we got two? I got double bow. How lucky. <laughs> I feel so lucky. Um Hannah, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing about your experience with this game that I didn't even know existed before two hours ago and uh, is really a spectacle. Again, listeners, please uh, do yourself uh, selves a favor and look up Titanic Adventure Out of Time. There's a great, there's a bunch of great, a few great reviews. There's great long plays of it if you want to watch just the game fully in action. There's a history of this game. It's like a 46-minute yeah. YouTube video. Um, check it all out. It's great. And thanks again, Hannah. But before we go, I do have a couple of fun post-show segments prepared for you. The first of which is the patented Fact Me by Your Game segment, where I share fun facts, trivia, development history, Easter eggs, cheats, whatever, with my guest about the game they chose. Ooh, cool. Um, the first one I have is title. I have titled today a question no one's ever asked themselves, which is, <laughs> where's Hitler? Uh <laughs> Now, we talked about how in this game you can prevent um, uh, two world wars and then I think the Russian Revolution. Um, the World War II – it's World War II, right? Uh, that's the one that uh, Hitler started and, uh, and, the, yeah. and the Nazis. Great. Um, so in the German version of Titanic Adventure Out of Time, references to Adolf Hitler were omitted because they what? would potentially violate German censorship laws. I don't know what the specific laws were. Um, but producer Andrew Nelson remarked that some complicated maneuvers were necessary to fulfill the requests of the censors as Hitler turned out to be a central part of the game for every other like area or, or region, basically. Yeah. Um, like you find a paint, like a painting of his, I think, yeah. in the game with secret war plans on it. <laughs> so it's just it's weird because I think Germany, from what I've heard, and this it could just be a Family Guy reference, uh, is actually very – uh, acknowledging of the Nazi history and how that affected their country and whatnot. They don't hide behind it like uh, some other countries uh, looking at you, United States. Um, <laughs> so it's interesting to hear th this about the censorship law. So I don't know really what yeah, that means. Um, that's really interesting. Yeah. Who yeah, knew Hitler would say Germany is like a pretty big folk. Yeah, like the, I mean, both the wars are a, what you're trying to stop. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's nuts. Um, the second fact I have for you is I have titled Reverse Documenting. Um, now, television documentaries on the tights about the, the historical event of the Titanic and channels such as Discovery uh, have actually used scenes from this game um, in their documentaries because it had such a faithful recreation of the ship. Um Whoa. Which is nuts. So, I mean, 
as you play through, and that, that was a point of emphasis for the developers, but as you play through this game uh, or watch a video, uh, it's a pretty accurate, uh, you know, I guess, environment of the Titanic, yeah. which is kind of nuts. It's like, uh, it's very much one of the coolest parts of it. Is you're yeah. just like, I'm on the ship. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me curious to wonder if the, I bet the movie ha- had had a decent amount of that too. I would assume that they at least did a little bit of that. Uh, well, that'll do it for the Factoring by Your Game segment. And I'll lead us into the final one, the Let's game recommendations. Uh, and th- thank you. I, those were some fun facts. Uh, but Hannah, this segment is my one forced tie-in to the movie Call Me By Your Name, uh, which I uh, fully rip the title of for the title of this podcast, Call Me By Your Game, (laughs) where I am going to treat Titanic Adventure Out of Time as your passionate summer love, your army hammer that eventually (laughs) you're going to move on from and you're going to need to find a new fling or new romantic partner. So these recommendations will be based on some similarities uh, or some traits from the game you've brought on today. Um, and you need, you do not need to take any of these, uh, as actual recommendations. They're mostly fun, but eh, if you're curious, check them out. Uh, I'm excited. the first one, and there's three is if you want another first person, uh, perspective adventure this time with 100% more isolation, I'll recommend a game that we've not only covered on this podcast, but Hannah, you've brought up multiple times today and that's missed. Oh yeah, great game. So great. hey, did got I this, did <laughs> got the seal did of I approval? Say that one at all when we were talking about games, or y- did I assume that people already did you it? You may have brought it up. I don't remember specifically. Um, but someone someone's done it before, right? Yeah, it was It'd like be ep- insane if nobody had. <laughs> yeah, it was like episode twenty-five. Our my good friend Courtney Venez, uh, uh came on and talked about it, and yeah, it's great. I have it downloaded on my Xbox. Uh, series s because it's just free on game pass um but i haven't actually played it i just know a lot about it oh you would like it yeah it's crazy they also had a sequel called riven uh, yes and riven i we never finished riven but after my family played miss together we were like we got to get riven yeah but at the time Riven came out, it was like a five disc thing because oh. it was even it was like five <laughs> yes. times the size of Mist. So it was like the level of stuff they had, and you would get to a certain point and have to switch discs because yeah. the game was just so giant huh. that uh, I never finished Riven. But oh, okay, Mist is a great game. Yeah, I I I haven't mentioned this on the show before, but in uh, like 2020, at some point, which is when I had Courtney on, I went to like a. It was like a thrift store somewhere, and I was just looking like for. The, I always look at the games at a thrift store, but there weren't any games here. There were, but there were a bunch of like books and magazines, and they had a full player's guide to Mist. So I got it, and actually, oh uh, I think I've given it to Courtney at this point. I promised it to her, but um, <laughs> I, I, it was like a fully, really well conditioned guide to Mist. Um. That That's was awesome. incredible. Probably the way to play that game is with that. Uh, yeah. My second recommendation for you is if you want another game of intrigue, this time uh, on a smaller boat with some time <laughs> travel elements, kind of similar to this one, I'll recommend a game you can actually play on your Nintendo Switch today, and that is Return of the Obra Din. Are you familiar with this at all? I'm not. Hannah, I, I think... I have if, my little pencil. In oh, I'm so proud of you. Uh, Return. Uh, 
of the, of the what? Of the Obra, O-B-R-A, Din, D-Y, or sorry, D-I-N-N. I actually I like think that I'm writing this down as if I would never be able to like rehear what but, we're talking about. But you know, I'm glad that you're writing it down so it'll be easy. You don't have to scrub through the episode. Uh, this game uh, was is regarded as just an incredible game. It's pretty new within the last I want to say four or five years. Um, it's a game where this uh, ship that was lost at sea washes up on shore, and it turns out that like all of the crew members years ago all died and your job is you 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 find this like i don't remember if it's like a book or a compass or what but this thing that lets you travel back to the once you find the remains of someone travel back to the moment they died and you can see like how they died who else was there so you start to piece together the mystery of this boat and what happened i actually think you'd really like this one so like this Ooh, is that sounds awesome actual recommend from the show and most of these are most of the time they're just jokes um but return <laughs> of the Oberdin, we've covered it on the show with friend of the show Teo yang uh lastly the final one of the show is if hannah you love the ocean <laughs> like like you do in this game you like that you're in the ocean in titanic adventure out of time but you actually would rather literally be in the ocean yourself and you'd rather be a dolphin i'll go ahead and recommend to you <laughs> echo the dolphin from the sega genesis which you can technically play on your switch as well um Ooh. another game we have actually co- we've covered all three of these on the show i'm realizing <laughs> um has nothing to do with the titanic uh there's no historical elements to it it's it's totally fictional but you play a dolphin that has cool sonar powers and you, you swim around the ocean to find your family that sounds great yeah thank you bit. hannah <laughs> um, but I'll go ahead and go down the list again. Um, the three recommendations for this episode for you, Hannah, are Mist, Return of the Oberdin, and Echo the Dolphin. Um, that'll go ahead and do it for the co- the fact. Uh, sorry, I can't even get my segments straight. The game recommendations and Hannah that will actually bring us to the end of the show. So before we go and uh, plug whatever we'd like and replug stuff we've talked about earlier. Thank you so much for doing this. This was such a blast. Like I said, Thanks I was for really having me. Oh, of course. I was stoked for an excuse to catch up because we don't get to hang out often enough. Um, but like as always, Hannah, gosh darn, you're a delight. <laughs> gosh dang it. So are you, Connor McCabe. That's all uh, I wanted to hear. Yeah. Oh, and you got good shirts too. You talking hey. about DCM made me remember that you have that great shirt with pink bees all over it. Yes. Hey, never forget the pink <laughs> pink bee shirt. Maybe I'll have to. Yeah. I'm going to apparently a swanky birthday tonight, so uh, maybe I'll have to wear that. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Hannah, thanks again. This has been a blast. On the way out, uh, do you want to plug the stuff you plugged earlier and and anything else you may have forgotten? Uh, yeah, look me up on, I'm, as I'm talking, I'm double checking that my domain works, uh, <laughs> <laughs> pencilandwigs.com, Great. um, which is a very mediocre website, uh, at this current moment, but I do commissions and any kind of artwork or, uh, so I'll do paintings of your pets. I'll do it all, man. Just tell me if you want something painted. <laughs> Killer. <laughs> or digital artwork or anything. I love it. Um, um, that's my main plug for right now. Awesome. I'll put your podcast in the show notes as well. Did you want to plug your socials or should we leave that a mystery to the listener? Oh, yeah. My socials. Here's a, yeah. Follow me on I can put gram, a link y'all. too. <laughs> Follow me on that gram. Uh, I got to change my 
handle, but I can't because I keep uh, it's Hannah Cannon. This is a, such a I'm bad at social media. It's Hannah Cannon Gator, but Cannon Gator is spelled out how you would think it would sound. So like, like Cannon, Cannon and Gator. Yeah, like K A N N O N G A T O R. It used to be Hannah Gator, which is way easier to find. Oh, and that's remember, good. <laughs> and was my nickname growing up. Uh, and for some reason, I was like. No, you know what'll make it easier for people is if it's this my name, but spelled completely different than my name. <laughs> well, you know, to make it easy for at least the listeners here, if you want to give Hannah a follower uh, or follow and support uh, her, I'll put just a link so you can just click. Won't even have to type it in. Um, yeah, there Hannah, you go. Um, uh, thanks again. I'll go ahead and uh, just close this out with some plugs of my own for the show. Plug it up. Ooh. Here we go. No, I like that. We're going to plug it up. <laughs> Uh, the show art for Call Me By Your Game is done by Glenn J. You can find Glenn and his wonderful work on Instagram at Glenn with two N's dot J-A-Y. The show is produced by Jeremy Schmidt. Thank you, Jeremy. You can also find his podcast, which is on our network as well. Video games, a comedy show, wherever you get your podcasts. They, we just recently did our 200th episode. By the time this one comes out, um, we may have even done the our 12th Space Solace episode, the episodes where we draft consoles from specific video games. We're doing the NES, uh, the original Nintendo. It should be a blast. You can find me on social media, Connor underscore McCabe. And then lastly, again, consider checking us out on Patreon. If you are a fan of me, you like hearing me talk to people about games, we have a bunch of incredible content that comes out there multiple times a week um, from the games club we do. Uh, which we just wrapped up the Metal Gear Solid series. We're going to start Donkey Kong uh, in August, the Call Me By Your Game co-op series, uh, Bonk Boys, uh, Inside Video Games bonus episodes, all sorts of stuff is there. So check us out again at patreon.com slash super NPC radio and consider supporting us. Uh, And uh, to thank those supporters, I'm going to thank all of our patrons here on this episode. I like to do this every so often, so I'll go ahead and thank everybody who supports us uh, over there. First, we'll start with Aaron, Burnt Pop-Tarts, Garrett Morlang, Eddie Martin, David Danella, Derek Fushino, Nick Sahoya, Darren Lau, Nathan Edwards, Gabe Valdez, Benjamin Hall, Jonathan Thompson-Wheeler, Tyler Dather, Mauricio Diosis, and Goblin Bomber. That'll do it. For this episode of Call Me By Your Game, we will see you on the next one.